It's great to have you with us from wherever you're tuning in from. For more information about Elevate Church or to contact us, head to our website elevatechurch.me and take us wherever you go by downloading our Elevate Church AU app. We hope this message inspires and helps you to take your next steps in your journey. Great to be with you. I love this idea of advance because this COVID thing is really wearing us down. It's been around for a couple of years. It's on the news all the time. It's up like this and this. And it's just, after a while, I think there is a, a real fatigue. And then all the other things going in our, on in our world with our relationships and finances and our health and mental health and employment and masks and everything else. I think it's great to say, hey, let's do a series called Advance. Let's not retreat. Let's go forward as a church and individually. And so we've looked at advancing with wisdom, with our work. A lot of the insights we've been gleaning from is from the book of Proverbs. In fact, it reminded me this morning that Proverbs, I remember getting this little book uh, called Wisdom for Modern Man. And it was given to me in 1972, well before some of you were born. And I was 11, do your math. I was 11 and it was by a, a preacher's kid. He was in his early 20s and he said, a book to make a young man wise, John and Suzanne Roger. And so I, at an early age, I thought there is something unique about the book of uh, Proverbs. It's very practical. It's down to earth. There's timeless wisdom. Even though there have been a lot of changes in technology and the way we do life and transport everything else, humanity is humanity. And God's wisdom is God's wisdom. And so I'm going to introduce the idea of advancing, not solo, not like a Rambo, you know, the, the solo man, solo woman, but the idea of let's advance in life with friends. And so it was in the early 80s, my father received a call to be a pastor of a church of Christ along the northern beaches of Sydney. I don't know if you know Sydney well, but there's this stretch of coastline from Manly all the way up to Palm Beach, some of the, the most beautiful, stunning, great surfing beaches. And it was this childhood dream of finally, rather than living in the Blue Mountains or the western suburbs, places like Blacktown, some of you would know that sort of area. I'm now living with my father and family along the northern beaches of New South Wales. Now, uh, Sydney, and we go into this church, and it's a probably a, ch a church a little bit smaller than this church, but a church a lot older and a lot more conservative. Most of the people are in their 70s, 80s, whatever. Uh, they're all, you know, members of this church for, for decades. It's their church. They're wonderful people, but they're, they're in this time warp of the 50s and 60s, and we're still singing hymns only to the piano and the organ, it was amazing that in this environment, and I'm thinking on that first service, oh, good luck, Dad, because this is not going to be easy. You know, Dad's wanting to not just be a preacher and a pastor, but he wants to, like Mark and others, you know, I want to bring some change. Anyhow, in this place, uh, the young adults consisted of myself, my three sisters, and a guy called Kevin. And thankfully, Kevin was, and I called him Kev, but we end up becoming best of friends. Right from the start, he's a couple of years older than myself. We, you know, we're in our early 20s. 
we're single, we're committed to the church, but we, we sense together, there, there's more for this church, there's more to faith than showing up on a Sunday and singing a few songs that were written 100, 200 years ago with a, an organ and a piano, and they're wondering, we, we don't know why we're, we're not growing. It's so, <laughs> hey, I'm in my first year of Bible college, I can tell you why you're not growing, but Kev and I just hit it off. He, he was into surfing, he was into music, he had this little studio the the back of the house he he was into you know playing bass guitar i was learning electric guitar he introduced me to bands like kansas i'd never heard of before and on his you know the lp crank it up it was like awesome we both uh we both followed manly a rugby league team his house was about a kilometer from brookvale oval so we'd watch manly play and then you know and then somehow along the journey we just started having prayer sessions and we, we started praying for 10 minutes and it eventually became an hour. We're praying for revival. We're praying for our families. His father wasn't a Christian. We're praying for each other that we'll one day find a girl. He called them babes. You know, oh, what if, oh I need a babe, God. And, uh, and it was just this time, you know, after a half an hour, an hour of prayer, we'd just go, whoa, that was heavy. You know, that was awesome. So it wasn't just... A couple of young guys hooning around, clowning around. That there was this aspect of we desperately wanted more of God. We wanted this little church of Christ to know more of the things of God. We would occasionally, I don't know why we chose a two-man tent for two men, because they're not two-man tent. It's a, it's a, a one-man tent with a bit of space for luggage. But anyhow, for about 10 days, we're, we're, we're sleeping in a one-man tent together, a two-man tent together, and we're, we're surfing all the way up the north coast, and we went to concerts, we saw Die Straits together, we went and heard uh, Larry Norman and some Christian bands together would go to local pubs and hear the angels, uh, no, they're, they're not a Christian group, they played great music, Midnight All before they became famous, they used to play at pubs, you know, 400 people, and it was just, you know, broken relationships with girlfriends or babes as Kevin would call them, and it was just this sense of, you know, we, there was just this amazing connection so much in common, different, but similar, passion and everything else. And I just realised that I advanced in life at an incredible rate, not because I was disciplined in prayer and studying the word, it was because of a friendship. You know, I'm planted in a local church, I'm believing in my dad, go dad, and good luck, but there's this guy called Kev, we're doing life together and we were advancing together. As I talked about Kev, maybe you can think of a close friend in your life. Maybe you haven't seen them for a while. Um, sometimes you do, not, not in a bad way, but you go your separate ways. But think about that friend and what was it about that friendship that made it so special? Why did that friendship last through some perhaps really tough times? Because it's very clear that all of us, without exception, are hardwired to do life with friends. It's not good that the man is alone. And it's a reference to marriage, but I think it's just a reference to life. It's not good for a man or, or a woman to, to self-isolate and do life on their own. We need one another, although, let's face it, relationships can be very challenging. And so here we have the book of Proverbs. And you will notice if you ever read the book of Proverbs, it's actually a woman speaking, which I think is radical at that time in a man's world. And God sovereignly thought, for this particular book, I'm going to speak 
through the mouthpiece of a nameless woman. And Eugene Peterson, sort of, you know, uh, paraphrasing Proverbs, actually called this woman Lady Wisdom. So in this message, as we advance with friends, when I make references to wisdom, it's not some abstract, impersonal set of principles and formulas and to-do lists. It is the heart and the voice of God. Lady Wisdom is going to speak to us this morning about advance with friends. So launching or, you know, advancing with friends, if you were to ask Lady Wisdom, okay, what's the first bit of advice from all of the thousands of years that you have been speaking to humanity? What, be, what would be the first thing you would say about friends, advance with friends? And she would say, choose your friends carefully. Take your time. It's not a race. Be friendly to everyone you meet. People on the bus, people at the gym, people in the cafe, you know, people in the church, wherever you go, shopping centre, be friendly. But in life, have a few friends that you pour your life into and they pour their life into you. They're going to play a significant role. They're going to influence you and you are going to influence them. We didn't get to choose our family. We were born into a family. We were adopted into a family. But when it comes to friends, it wasn't like at school, a group of boys said, okay, Rob, you're our friend. No, I chose. We choose our friends. And Lady Wisdom would say in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20, walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get into trouble. Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. Choose your friends carefully, slowly, wisely. By all means, have lots of friends in one sense. You know, we might call them casual friends, acquaintances, work colleagues. But have a handful of people you call close friends intimate friends and choosing friends and for some of us you know we've got friends now but who knows maybe in a year or a couple of years we might befriend someone new and it becomes a friendship made in heaven so what are some of the things you might ask about this friend not in all cases but you know certainly when I think about my close friends that I'm going to share very closely with, not my surfer friends who we have a fair bit to do with, but the ones, I, I certainly want people of faith. They could be new in their faith, but I'm certainly looking for people who are submitted to God. They're not reckless doing their own thing. They've surrendered their life to God. They're people who aren't there to be served. Have you ever had a friend and it's all about them? I had one guy, you know, every time we went out for coffee, and there's probably about a dozen times, you know, after the, uh, a few times, maybe six times, I always paid. And I, I used to wait thinking, he might want to pay. He never did. Not only didn't he pay, he always talked about himself. It's just all about his issues. And, and so it was a friendship, but it's not a guy that I'm going to pour my life into. He was self-absorbed. I want friends who we have a lot in common, but we also want to together serve other people, do things for others. I'm looking for people who are generous and compassionate, people who are humble and honest. 
Lady Wisdom says, when you walk with the wise, you become wise. So it's more than just sharing things in common. And I realise with, with Kevin, even though, yeah, we surf together, love music, because of doing life together, praying together, going to church together and praying for each other, all that sort of thing, I realise over time, his wisdom sort of came into my world, my work, you know, wisdom came into his. So when you walk with the wise, you too become wise or you become wiser. Wise begets wise or wisdom begets wisdom. Like begets west. Um, like begets like. And, and so this idea of when you've got two people or a few people who are wise and they're friends, you find that there's this momentum and this synergy and this sense of this wisdom is accelerating. We are advancing in life because we are walking with people who are wise. Not perfect, not perfect, but people who do look to God for wisdom. There is a, a, a saying, and I want us to ponder this for a moment before we move on. Show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Do you want to know what the end of 2022 will look like or do you, do you want to know what 2030 looks like? It's not known, but we'll get some inkling by looking at our friends because our friends are going to be part of the unknown. And if our friends are wise friends, one thing we'll know, if they're our friends, we will advance over the next 12 months, whatever comes our way, because we have chosen our friends wisely. Lady Wisdom is saying to us consistently, passionately, choose friends who believe the best in you and also draw out the best. They're not intimidated by your growth and your breakthrough. They're not intimidated by the times that you might over time like, wow, you, you're just really getting into the word. You're really getting into this. You're getting promotions at work. You're getting opportunities in the church. And rather than having friends that are insecure and intimidated by that, they say, I, I'm, I just believe in you. I, I, I just want more for you. You know, that you're going through a season. There's grace on you. I Love it. I'm cheering for you. I'm not thinking, what about me? Why didn't I get that promotion? Why are they getting all the attention? No, no. Wise friends, they're going to bring out the best and they're going to believe in the best. Wise friends are also going to challenge us. Now, some of us don't like being challenged, but I remember with one friend, you know, I sort of told the church because I'm, you know, fairly transparent in certain areas. I said, oh, taken up cycling and yep I'm wearing lycra sorry guys and I'm I've only you know been going for a, a few weeks and I've you know I'm now doing 20 kilometers I've fallen over a couple of times because you know your feet are locked in and the guy told me you will fall and I remember going from my first ride from City Beach to Scarborough and I went all the way to Scarborough I'm going back and I think I haven't fallen I have not fallen. And I'm about to cross uh, West Coast Highway. I lost concentration. And just before I crossed, I fell. And uh, it's just like, yeah, okay. It's almost like, get it over and done with. Well, this guy said, Rob, in a few months' time, there's a dance challenge. Now, this is a guy who's 15, 20 years younger than me. He's been cycling for about nine years. He's got a bike that's worth about $4,000. I've been cycling for a few months. My bike cost $900 and yet there was something you know this guy Daniel said I believe in you I reckon you could do it let's do it together so we did a little bit of training never did heels and then I, I had a closer look at the map and went we go up this we go up Green Mount Hill yep. as, a 
as a warm-up. That's the beginning of the race. And so the night before, uh, uh, yeah, lack of preparation. I mean, I've done a few kilometres. I've probably done up to, I'm probably getting up to about 80 kilometres. This is a 140-kilometre tour, and a lot of it's uphill. And so the night before, I'm freaking out because, you know, you've heard some of my story with shame. Well, this is going to be a big one. Imagine getting halfway up and having to stop. And as I'm going up and I'm freaking out, I think, oh, God, you know, one by one, there are all these people like me, novices, having to walk up. And I'm thinking, oh, no, that's going to be me soon. And, and my friend Daniel, he's taking his time. He's going slowly. He would have been by the second dam by now, but he's just, keep going, Rob, keep pedalling. Just keep pedalling, keep pedalling. And eventually, I got to the top. I made it to the top. Oh, and so you go down for a while. Another hill, and then another hill, and another hill, and it was just, but I'm so grateful that I've got a friend who said, I'm going to sacrifice my performance, my time, because I believe in you, and I reckon for you at your age and your stage of life and the pressure of ministry, it's great to have a challenge. Now, for your friends or you being a friend to others, it doesn't have to be about exercise or anything like that, but it might be about studying. It might be uh, about being more involved in the local church. But to have a friend says, I've just noticed this. What, what about together, let's do this together or, or whatever it might be. You want friends like that. You don't want just yes people. You want people who are really going to stretch you. So, you know, Lady Wisdom says, walk with the wise and become wise. But then there's the other side. Associate with fools and get into trouble. And I'm sure, you know, we've seen all of these different celebrities and elite sports people, very successful, and then their life imploded. You can always take it back to a decision they made with a friend who was reckless, who was foolish. They compromised their values. They've still got to take responsibility. But yeah, associate with fools and your life is going to get ruined. I don't personally like the word fool, you know, or you're a fool, but let's just talk about the person being reckless. They're, uh, they're immature, they're irresponsible, they're self-absorbed, um, manipulative. Have you ever had friends that they do some things for you, but then you realise, oh, it's sort of like I owe them now. You ever had that sort of friend? It's like they get you caught in this web of indebtedness and it's like you owe me now and, and you don't want to rock the boat. They've got their, you know, the bar's down here and you're wanting to bring it up here, but no, you can't go past us. You've got to stay in cynicism. You've got to stay in small-mindedness. And it's like Lady Wisdom is saying, here's the deal. There are two teachers in life, wisdom or consequences. You can listen to Lady Wisdom. You can embrace Lady Wisdom and all she says about friendship and purity and money and attitude at work and everything, or do your own thing, hang out with reckless people and you'll experience consequences. They're both going to teach you what you want. I think I want wisdom. I've had consequences and it's not good. So I'm asking now Lady Wisdom, okay, Lady Wisdom, choose your friends wisely. And I think about Kev and I think about all the things that we had in common. So I'd be asking Lady Wisdom, exactly what, if I was to narrow it down to one value, I'm not saying I'm right, this is what's important for me, but what would be the one thing for you that you would look for in a friend? And some people say, oh, I need someone with a good sense of humour. I've got some friends that are really intense 
Have you got friends like that? Everything's serious. Everything's, you know, it's facts and it's bad and it's getting worse and it's just intense, intense. And so someone says, oh, if I want a friend, a new friend in my world, I want someone with a really good sense of humour. And others will think, oh, I'm a little deeper than that. I want a friend that likes cats. You know, if you like dogs, forget it. You've got to go for cats. Yeah, we've got a few applause. Then others, oh, I just need... Things in common, you know, I'm so different than my wife. A lot of my friends, we're, we're opposites. I want a friend where, like Kev, you know, we surf together, do music together. All those things are valid, but I've, over time, I've, come, I've narrowed it down to one value that I look for more than anything else. Loyalty. I'm looking for a friend that's loyal. And Lady Wisdom would say, oh, Rob, read Proverbs chapter 17, verse 17. This is what I would say. A friend is always loyal and a brother is born to help in time of need. I'm looking for loyalty because I don't know about you. It's like loyal, loyalty isn't a value we value anymore. I mean, can you remember maybe your parents or your parents' parents talked about knowing the bank manager? They had a personal relationship with the bank manager. They went to the same bank like it might have been Commonwealth, and it was, well, I go to that bank because my father went to that bank, and he got his first mortgage approved through that bank, and so, you know, you grow up and you go to your parents' bank because the bank manager will get to know you, but by the time there were ATMs and everything else, it's like, you don't know, you don't go to the bank to withdraw $20, you don't go to the bank, I've got $50, I want to, it's so impersonal, it's so competitive, there are now websites here, you know, tell us all your details and we'll find the best bank for you. Nothing to do with loyalty. Can you remember in, the, in, in sports, you know, maybe in the 70s, early 80s, you have a player saying playing for Liverpool. That person would never go to Manchester United. Just, you just wouldn't. Uh, if you've got someone playing for Parramatta, they're not going to play for Manly. If you've got someone playing playing for the Eagles, they're not going to play for the Dockers. It was just, there was a time. Or a a driver who drives for Holden would never go to Ford. But we're in a time now where it's just so fluid. You know, you you watch the Big Bash. Oh, there's a WA player playing for Victoria. It's all about money. And so this whole thing of loyalty just, yeah. But friendship? I'm looking for a friend who is loyal. I'm looking for a friend who is with you and standing with you and you with them during all of the seasons of life. During this springtime where emotionally and spiritually, relationally, financially, everything's just fresh and it's new and there's growth and there's ease. But let's face it, in life we go through dark times, we go through winter seasons. And how many of you, and I've had some where you go through a winter season And some of those friends that you thought were loyal, they're gone. I remember going through a very dark time and I had a friend uh, in our church say to me, he just said it pretty blunt, he says, Rob, you've shared a lot about, you know, your weaknesses and your struggle with mental health. I just got to be honest, I, I was really disappointed because I'm looking for a man who's strong. So I won't repeat what I, not what I said, but what I thought. I won't repeat that. I did my pastoral, oh, thank you for sharing that. Uh, But, you know, we've had friends like that, and maybe we have done that at times. But I'm looking for, and I'm sure we're all looking for, someone where things get really dark, sickness, financial crisis, um, all sorts of things going on, 
And the friend is saying, hey, when you're at your worst, I'm going to be at my best. When the weather changes, when it gets really dark, in fact, if you looked at the New King James Version, it says, it doesn't talk about a person born to help in time of need. It says a born, a person born to help, uh, sorry, a, ber- a person born for adversity. It's almost like when we go through adversity, your friends say, hey, I've got you covered. I can't take the adversity away. I can't change the circumstance, but I am there. I'm standing behind you, alongside you. I'm walking ahead of you. I'm praying for you. And you can get a little uncharacteristically short with me. You can let me down. I am saying, I was born for this. I was born for this season. While you're at your worst, I'm going to be at my best. I am not going to leave you. You will never disappoint me. You will never, uh, what, you know, is our friendship in jeopardy now? It's like, no, our friendship is getting refined. We are going to come out of this stronger. I remember a time during a very dark time, and I've shared, you know, a long time ago, you know, mental health struggles. And I remember sharing it with a group of pastors, and one pastor said to me afterwards, he said, Rob, if it's Saturday night and you are freaking out thinking you can't preach on Sunday, ring me and I'll preach for you. And then he said, wait, wait, no. Even if you wake up on a Sunday and you suddenly have a panic attack, for whatever reason you can't preach, ring me. I'll come to you and preach. I'll get my youth guy, my associate, associate pastor, they'll preach at our church. I'm going to put my need, my church behind what's going on for you, your church. I'll be there for you. Never had to make the phone call. But to have a friend saying, Rob, you are not a disappointment. We may be Pentecostal and you, you know, you're not breaking down strongholds. Your stuff is real. I'm not just going to pray some snappy, oh God, breakthrough, and Rob, you're going to be fine now. I've prayed, you're covered. No, saying, Rob, I'm, I'm there for you. I've got you. Because when, you, when loyalty is such a big deal, doesn't it hurt when friends become disloyal? Not all the time, but a friend where for whatever reason, they, they, just, they just lose the plot. Jesus knows what it is. He chose 12 friends to do life with. And out of the 12, he had three that they did some extra, they had some extra experiences with. And then there was one called John, whom he said of himself, which is a little ironic, and, and the disciple whom Jesus loved, it was talking about himself. There was this special relationship between John and Jesus. Well, Jesus is about to be crucified. He goes to a garden. He's, you know, it, it's all happening. He says to Peter, James, and John, I'm about to pray over there. Can you just stay here? I need you guys. Can you cover me in prayer? Jesus goes to pray. He probably discerns. I think there's something going on. He goes back. They're asleep. It happens three times. He needed them. They weren't there for him. Not only that, Peter denied friendship and loyalty with Jesus three times. Because of all of his guilt and shame, you can imagine Peter and some of the others going back to fishing, thinking, we're disqualified. I know Jesus is raised from the dead. I don't know what that means, but we're just going to go back to what we know, fishing. And then Jesus allows them to have a miraculous catch of fish. 
And then three times he asked Peter, do you love me? Because really what Jesus is saying to him is, I love you. Do you want back in? Do you want, do you want to get back into the team? I might get hurt again. You, you might let me down again, but it's okay. Because part of when you've got a close friend and they go through a time for whatever reason, uncharacteristically, they let you down. They weren't there for you. Don't quickly write them off. There are times we have to forgive and times, and it happens in marriage, in so many other relationships, we've got to trust again, which means we might get hurt again. But the only way we're going to advance in life is with friends. We will let them down. They'll let us down. We're living in an imperfect world. But it's during those times, that's where the real juice is. Let's pray. Our Father, God, we just thank you that you have made us in your image. We are relational. We're hardwired to do life with friends. Will you help us to forgive those friends who have hurt and betrayed us, who have wounded us? Will you help those who perhaps are coming here for the first time, they haven't been here long or they've moved into Perth, as they begin to make new friendships, Lady Wisdom, will you help them to choose wisely? We also pray for discernment with, with our friendships, that we will be loyal and faithful, that we'll be there for each other and we will advance, even though times might get worse before they get better, but we're going to advance with friends. We're praying for grace for our friends, grace for ourselves. And if times get dark, may we be there for each other that we would say, I was born for adversity. Bless us. We thank you for your friendship that you consider us your friends. Bless us now as we go our separate ways. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We really hope you've got a lot out of this message. If you live in the Perth area, we'd love for you to join one of our live experiences. For times and directions, as well as information, head to our website, elevatechurch.me. For those of you beyond the Perth area, we'd love for you to connect with our online experience, which premieres every Sunday via YouTube and Facebook Live, and on demand immediately after. And to partner with us to reach more people by giving financially, head to our website, elevatechurch.me and also download our Elevate Church AU app.